from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded Thursday, February 21st, 2019. This is episode 92, Trapper Keepers. Welcome to Download, where we cover the most interesting technology stories of the week. I am Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Ooh, I got a, a title bump. Yeah, because you talk during the show, and you're, as a producer, you're supposed to be silent, and you couldn't stop yourself, so you're just the co-host now. Fine. Fine. Wow. That's fine. You know, the, uh, I didn't get any upgrades in my, in my trailer. It's still the same as it's been out here. I'll put a couple of episodes of my podcast with Mike Hurley in there later. No. Those are upgrades. Okay. So anyway, uh, this week, our oh, guest, God. we've gone to uh, another uh, Relay host, actually, who is has uh, been following all things Android, all about Android. Oh, that's not the Relay show. Though. That's the Twitch show and also material here on Relay FM. It's Florence Ion. Hello, Flo. Welcome. Hi. You, um, we're going to ask you about Samsung. It's I, right. Big day yesterday, huh? Big day. Well, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little out of touch uh, being out, you know, at the at the events, so it was a very it was a reminder of just how much energy these things really do require. But I'm here, I'm here for you guys. I you know, appreciate I'm coffeeed that. up. I'm I've got my pot of coffee. Um, I had half a chocolate brioche. All so. right, all right. I had an English muffin this morning, Stephen. What did you have? I think this is a segment now. What are, what did we I have this morning? Uh, Two slices of turkey, bacon, and a scrambled egg. Okay, oh, that's good. Lovely, nice, nice. Everybody get some protein. All right, mm-hmm. um, let's let's dive in. The most important stories of the week. I, I said about technology and other subjects you care about. <laughs> Come on, this is Samsung Week. Uh, one of the leading cell phone manufacturers on the planet, and they basically dropped their entire 2019 lineup of phones yesterday. Uh, and so we're going to talk about Samsung this week and what Samsung is up to. And um, I'm gonna we're going to walk through all of them. We're going to start with the the flagships, the Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus, which are shipping in March. You got a 6.1 inch display, a 6.4 inch display. These are these HDR10 displays that are supposed to be even more uh, dynamic range and blacker blacks and many many colors. Samsung makes the screens, so they they get the screens. It's very dynamic AMOLED. Very, yeah, exactly. That's the but that's the buzz associated dynamic AMOLED. Dynamic. Well, I I prefer that to the static AMOLEDs of of yeah. yesteryear, really, if yes. you're gonna if you're gonna choose. So eight ninety nine and nine ninety nine to start. And of course, we live in an era where you can buy a phone with upgrades for sixteen hundred dollars, and you can for that. Uh, and uh, triple rear camera, three cameras on the back, and instead of a big notch, they've got a uh, well. The plus has uh, what two like a like a wide hole thing mm-hmm. and and the the regular one has like a little circle where there's a camera so it's like a little hole punch like you're gonna put it on a three by five card or something like that with a with a little i don't even know what i'm talking about flow what, what were your initial reactions these are the flagships these are the ones i would assume these are the ones that are going to be the best sellers out of everything they announced what, what do you think about them uh so i got to actually go hands-on with them yesterday and and touchy touchy touch them and i have to say first of all get ready for fingerprints galore um, I know that's a that's a big thing uh, in our cell phone world, it, cell phone world this year. Mm. Um, 
So it's also worth noting, by the way, that those notches were cleverly disguised behind like a dark part. So the wallpaper is this beautiful gradient. And as it gets to the corner where the notches, it gets very dark Uh and black. And Mm -hmm. so you kind of can't really tell the notches are there. So it kind of just like disappears. Uh, It's a nice little camouflage effect, which, you know, I'm I'm give Samsung a thumbs up for that. Mm -hmm. That's that's clever. Um, I just have to also comment on the fact that the storage on these things, I mean, we're going up to one terabyte on the plus. That is a lot of storage. And that's without adding the SD card. Like if you wanted to add a micro SD, you could add in even more. So these things can fit as much of your media library as that tower that you have back at home, which Hmm. I think is just... Where are we now? <laughs> wow. Uh, I guess it's it's cheap now to put these things in there. Um, the thing that I really am sort of, I think is going to be maybe somewhat innovative. I don't know. I definitely think it's, it's going to be curious. It's the in-display fingerprint sensor. Mm. So this one is a little bit different because it is, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's capacitive, they had said. And is it ultrasonic? Um, I think that was the yes, word that I kept hearing. Ultrasonic Sonic. versus, I think it's ultrasonic versus capacitive. I yeah. apologize. Yeah. Uh, I did not overlook this. <laughs> I have not really dove into that just yet. But I know that it's different from the one that's on the OnePlus 6T. And I did manage to try it. So I like co-opted a phone. I put in the pattern and I, I scanned in my thumbprint. And I mean, it was fast, but it wasn't any faster than doing it with the Pixel 3. Uh, so I don't know. Apparently it also has some special technology where if your finger is wet or maybe you're just kind of greasy or, <laughs> or sweaty that day, uh, the fingerprint will still scan. Whereas if you will do that now with like a pixel three, uh, sometimes it doesn't scan because you're, you're all oily and smudgy and gross, uh, <laughs> as humans are wont to be. I also read that the uh, screen, uh, certain screen protectors will be like validated for it, and then other ones they might even have yes. like a little hole cut out of them because you do need, you, you know, you can't cover that part of the screen with certain materials because you need that is the that is your fingerprint scanner. It's po- behind the display, and you need it needs to be able to read your your fingerprint. But this is, I mean, this is the alternative to what Apple's doing, where they're like, no, we're just going to put in a sensor stack, which is their notch, and uh, and do it that way. Samsung is saying we don't need to do that. People like fingerprints sensors and we can move it away from the back where you might like get your grubby oily fingers all over the camera lens and instead you can make just make another fingerprint on your screen which let's face it you've got lots of fingerprints on your screen already and it'll work with the screen off so you can pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and put your thumbprint on it and that will wake it up and unlock it sort of in one move which is nice too it's not like a two-step thing it's not really one move, okay? It's, oh, it's no. definitely. I was lied to by Samsung. Because, because the thing is, when you pick <laughs> it up, you're just picking it up and, yeah, it detects it, but then you have to go and place your thumb exactly in that little space. And I noticed that. And that it's, it, it's, I think it's going to be finicky. I'm also not a fan of the fingerprint scanner on the front of the device. I am tried and true. Mm. I want to do it with my index finger on the back. I yeah, found it, that to be the most, the best for my use case for my life. I like it back there. I, I have uh, on successive uh, phones from Google had the fingerprint scanner back there, and it seems very natural to me. I mean, everybody's hands are shaped differently, but uh, I never had a problem where I was where I was covering up my camera and getting getting it grubby. Um, but this is, you know, now you got to 
you got to get the right spot too. You got to hit the spot where the where the sensor is. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I get why they are doing it, but I didn't have a problem with the 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 scanner on the back either. Well, the trade off is that you've got that really big. I mean, you've got the really big screen now, so you don't have to worry about accommodating any room for a separate fingerprint scanner. Sure. And I have to say, just I just want to touch on the design of the GS10 very quickly. Mm-hmm. Is that has anybody noticed that they got rid of the curved edges? And I'm mm. I'm personally happy about that because I was not a fan of the edges that were happening to to the GS series. Uh, I didn't find them to be 100% usable for me, just for me personally. I know it was like a design decision that they were doing the last couple of generations and people were really clamoring for that sort of thing, or at least that's what I was hearing from, you know, from around the bend. But I noticed that this year the phones are pretty much flat mm-hmm. and they're just kind of rounded in the corners and boy, they really are really nice and light. They don't feel dense the way the last two generations have felt. Um, I've heard I, I, yeah. people. I've heard people uh, criticize the fact that they're they're using um, aluminum and not stainless like Apple. But I've also heard a bunch of people say the aluminum is really nice, and it you know you can't really tell unless you're a metallurgist or something. And that if you know this is a phone that feels really great, and that's good because oh, yeah. it's a premium phone. This is this is uh, they're supposed to be luxurious and feel good. Oh yes. And speaking of luxurious, did you happen to see the colors that they come in? <laughs> <laughs> I have issues. Issues with technology companies and how they define colors. I, I, uh, okay, I, 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 I mean, okay, <laughs> space, space isn't gray, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's void. <laughs> but, uh, but so Apple is wrong there. But Samsung's color. So, so, um, yeah, Mars is also not green, right? No, it's but red. Martians, could, Martians be could be green, but that's really weird. I don't know. It's it's it's. I don't know what these. They. I guess they got to have a trademarkable color it's name or so something. Pretty. It's so pretty in person, and also I that iridescent, it. that iridescent white one that they have. I mean, it's like it's millennial crack <laughs> because it's just like this nostalgic. <laughs> you know, it's this nostalgic like uh, prismy color, and it's like, oh, I want to match it with like all of my '90s throwback gear. Mm. I mean. I mean, it's it's genius. It looks no, it looks pretty. I like that. Um, yeah, I like that this comes in colors. That was one of the things that I never really liked about the the modern Apple. Sort of like everything mm-hmm. will be black or gray. Uh, but again, right. space is not silver, and nor is it gray. And yet, it's called space silver is one of their colors. The cosmos is black, more or less. So. Uh, that one's good, um, and I don't know what Astro is referring to. Maybe we're from Earth. astronauts are from Earth, and or the Earth is pretty blue, so Astro Blue makes sense. And then I guess if a Martian were to exist, it would be green. I don't know. The names are ridiculous, but I guess they're mandatory at this point. But I love the color choices. That's great. There's also a yellow, mm. and I like that it's across the line and not mm-hmm. just like with Apple, where it's on the low end in quotes, low end phone. Uh, or just the high end that, you know, there, there are options no matter kind of where you fall on the price range. And I think that's nice because people deserve options. And, you know, Jason, you've talked about that for years that these things, you should have more uh, ways to express ourselves with our technology. Yeah. So I'm glad Samsung has, has just dove right into this ocean. Colors are pretty. 
colors are pretty. It's nice. Um, uh, wireless charging going both ways. So last uh, fall, buddy charging. Yeah, <laughs> a- Apple announced that they were going to you know you could charge something from your iPhone, but uh, this is or from your iPad, right? The iPad can charge things. Uh, but now no, over, the, over USB C, over USB C, right? The iPad can charge things. But Gal- the Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus will do wireless charging for your you know buddies for your buddy devices. They'll actually. Uh, charge another device and send the uh the the energy back out which is pretty cool and standard headphone jack samsung has decided they're just not Mm -hmm. gonna cave like almost everybody else to the uh to to the getting rid of the headphone jack and replacing it with just you know you have to do wireless or they haven't had to their stuff is still really thin and light and they have not had to get rid of the headphone jack are are you saying that the headphone jack doesn't necessitate a thick, unruly phone that you could do yes. both. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, I. Oh. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. I was gonna. Okay. So Jason, yes, you had yes, a ma'am. little note. You had a little note here about Instagram integration, and I just wanted to tell you guys that it really is just you. You just go into Instagram mode, and it just it shares it instantly to the Instagram app. That's I just wanted, you know. So they put Instagram just, in the camera app as an option where you basically ish. when you go to your camera app, you tap it and you go to Instagram. Is that basically what happens? It, no. So what happens is you go into Instagram mode and it puts a screen. It shows you what it will look like on Instagram uh-huh. in the viewfinder, basically. Uh-huh. And then you snap it. And once you snap it, it immediately shares to Instagram. It uses like the standard Android sharing paradigm, Mm. right? And then you see like the screen move and then it like swipes over and then Instagram loads and you're in your story. So it's, yeah, it's, that's pretty much what it is. All right. Nothing particularly groundbreaking (laughs) there. Yeah, it's not, no, no, but but it's, yeah, it's sellable. It's marketable. Sure, sure. And they're they're working with Adobe on a special version or Samsung edition of Premiere Rush, which is currently only on iOS, right? Although it was going to come to Android, I guess it's going to come to the the S10 and S10 Plus. Yes. And there were so many quote unquote influencers there um, <laughs> because look I I admit some people are influential absolutely but I don't know if everybody is okay so I just want to be fair uh, and it was interesting because I I kept hearing these like placed conversations about like Adobe Premiere I'm so excited for Adobe Premiere so I I do think that it's going to be mm. I mean this is definitely like the S10 Plus in particular is a uh, performance junkies phone. Mm-hmm. So they really want to market it as like the all in one, you know, one, two punch, everything you need from one device. So it's, it's about time that Apple has some competition in that arena, right? That's, that's been oh, their mantra. Samsung forever. is definitely the one that wants to step up to the plate and take that. Cause they have the yeah. money, they have the marketing prowess, they have the brand recognition. I am Every time I heard a new spec or a new thing announced yesterday at the keynote, I was just thinking, boy, boy, this is really like, this is a stab at Apple. This is a stab at mm. Apple. Like it's, it was very, um, you know, it good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> I mean, when you think about the Android market, like they're, they're stabbing at Apple, but they're also saying that if you want to use a, a, a phone on that level of Apple, but you don't want Apple, you want Android, that they're the obvious, right? They're the 
obvious alternative because they are playing at that same level as Apple. That's that seems to be you know where the place they've staked out. Is this going to be what? What do you think? S10 and S10 Plus are these the uh, you know definitive Android phones for the next year? Uh, so a note on that actually is that so. I've been talking about this with several pals is that the Android part of the keynote was very underplayed. Like Mm -hmm. this is not, I don't think of this as an Android phone. I think of this as a Samsung phone. And I think that a lot of, (laughs) honestly, I think a lot of the world kind of does too. And Samsung even has like a new UI has the one UI, which is if you talk to Android bloggers and uh, those who are covering the beat, you will hear a lot of praise for it because it's, it's so much nicer than what we've, had the last couple of years and it's clearly Samsung is building a canon around its brand right Mm -hmm. it's like it's like the Marvel universe of Samsung (laughs) and this is like everything in this in this sphere and these in these movies that you're watching uh is contained and once you step out of it it's kind of like a different part of Android so I don't know that this is the definitive Android phone Hmm. I think this is just one of the definitive phones interesting and I'm, I'm sorry to put it that way. I don't, I don't I'm not trying to take no, a, I, the, the I, easy road, but <laughs> I get it. That's one of the fascinating things yeah. about Android in general is that you've got, uh, you know, Samsung, they, they, they are an Android phone maker, but they don't want to be seen as generic Mm-mm. and they can differentiate in the hardware a lot on the software though. They do try to make it like you're in a Samsung experience because that's, that reflects better on them. Um, whether that experience is better or not, it's it, it, the point is that it's different and that it's it's you know it feels like you're using a Samsung product at that point. Absolutely. Versus when you're using a Google Pixel now, uh, that's that's the Android product. So when I right. think the definitive Android phone, I do think the Google product because Google is the Android maker, and so naturally, Samsung. It's also interesting because I was getting I was noticing there's all these sorts of flashy comments about like improved hardware, improved graphics, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very different from the marketing around Google because when you see a Google keynote, it's very much like, uh, hey, we're gonna like we're gonna update it on software. Like you're gonna use machine learning. You have all of these great Google services. It's very like it's very like this operating system is a service to you, right? Whereas Samsung is very like, this is the next hawk thing. You want this? Yeah, it's better, it's faster, it's more powerful and so that's why it sells so darn well (laughs) makes sense makes sense you know we have um we have more phones to talk about these may be Mm -hmm. the most mainstream of all the phones that were announced but oh they didn't stop there we have three more phones to talk about it's true uh but before we do that i want to take a quick break tell you about our uh, one of our sponsors this episode of downloads brought to you by text expander from our friends over at smile copy and paste is not an organizational system. It is not a good way to keep track of the things you type over and over again. Also, not keeping track of them and just having them in your head and retyping them every single time from memory. Not good. Not good. Don't do it. Don't tax yourself like that. Don't waste your time. Text Expander can make you more productive. They will take care of all the words and phrases for you. Text Expander does it. They, it, it, it is really remarkable. You take your frequently used phrases, you turn them into snippets, and then you type a couple of characters and then boom, your whole phrase comes out. It will completely change how you work, especially if you are constantly giving people instructions or signing off or directions to how to get to your office or like there's so many different uh, approaches and it works in all your apps. It'll work in pages from Apple. It'll work with Microsoft Word and Excel, Adobe Illustrator, InDesign, pretty much everywhere you can imagine your snippets 
snippets will be there. Text Expander instantly updates new and edited snippets between your Mac, iPhone, iPad, and Windows PC so you can spend less time typing and more time doing your actual job. And you can even join free snippet groups for job recruiters, freelancers, airport codes, brand names, and more via the Text Expander website. So somebody else does the updating for you. And you don't have to work alone. Text Expander for Teams lets you manage and share snippets in, with your coworkers in your work group or even an entire company. So you can have your marketing person who is going to craft those words to be perfect, uh, update them and make changes. And then it syncs to everybody so that everybody is on the same page. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast. Right now, you'll get 20% off your first year. Textexpander.com slash podcast. 20% off your first year. Thank you to Text Expander for supporting Download and all of Relay FM. Okay, more phones to talk about. More, more, more. There's more. There's more. The S10 5G, because 5G networking is going to happen. And this is... Flo, what, what is this? What, where does this... This is... Uh, like, I get what the... The S10e, which we're going to talk about, is I get what the S10 is. I get what the Fold is, even when we get to that. But um, why? Why would somebody want this? Just do they want this to feel like they're on the cutting edge? What? What? What's the unique appeal of the S10 5G? It's literally the cutting edge. It's just for, so somebody could come into the message board and say first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the S10 5G is a 6.7 inch device which is huge and the idea is well 5g is built into it so you want to take advantage of what 5g has to offer and a lot of what the carriers are doing with 5g marketing is saying oh you know better media like faster internet i mean when i think of 5g i actually don't very much think about the consumer part as i do about the other things that it's going to help facilitate like you know surgeries with a doctor in one end of the world and a patient on the other, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really think about phones as being the benef- benefactors of that uh, in the most practical sense. So I I have to say, I, I feel like this is very much a bit of a vanity project. Mm. Um, I think it's... I mean, it's the same thing like ZTE had a 5G phone last year and they were like, we're the first with 5G, which is like, okay, that's great, but there's no infrastructure for it. Uh, As for the phone itself does have some extra little perks, though. It has an additional depth sensor camera on the back to kind of help facilitate AR VR. So you can apply that to your photos or you can use it to do all the special tricks that is things that are happening with AR, uh, if you're interested in that thing, that sort of thing. It comes with 256 gigs of storage, which again is a lot. No micro SD, which is interesting choice for Samsung phone. And it's also the reason I call it a vanity project is because it's a Verizon exclusive. Mm. Um, I'm not hearing very positive news about what, whether this is going to end up on other carriers. And so, that's why it feels like, oh, Verizon and Samsung, they are very much like two major partners together mm-hmm. and they both have all this marketing prowess. So, of course, I would see them team up for this sort of thing to sort of help sell and propagate the idea of 5G, even though 5G itself is not like fully propagated right. <laughs> in the United it, States. This phone reminds me of those early like 4G LTE phones back in the yeah. day and they were all bigger which this phone is, they were all, you know, sort of strange products. And, you know, but yeah. over time, it, they became the mainstream as the technology rolled out. And I, I just feel like this is 
that story told again. Like, yeah, this is like a weird phone and mm-hmm. there's probably not going to be many people who buy it, at least in you know, the foreseeable future. But clearly, hopefully 5G will be a thing. It's actually interesting. This morning I was listening to an episode of uh, Peter Kafka's podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes where he was interviewing uh, Randall Stevenson, the CEO of AT&T. And he's asked, like, what what is 5G for? Like, what, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, is, is it just like faster networking on your phone? And like, I don't think Stevenson had a really compelling answer, but, you know, he sort of listed some examples, um, you know, but I, I get the sense that this is way further off than these cell carriers want you to believe that it does. And that once it is here, it's only going to be in the biggest markets. It's going to be just like 4G LTE. It took a long time to filter down to smaller markets. So, I, you know, I don't know if anyone is looking at a Samsung phone this year, if they should wait for this one. I don't think I would. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm unclear um, still about 5G, like who is actually going to need the bandwidth that it provides. Uh, you know, it does feel very much like the, you know, technology needs to roll out eventually because they need more bandwidth and there are lots of different applications. But in terms of a consumer, like smartphone mm-hmm. technology, like, is there going to really be a benefit, especially in the short term where it's new radios and they are like the S10 5G is going to have a bigger battery, uh, but right. presumably not necessarily longer battery life, but a bigger battery because it has to drive the the mm-hmm. Qualcomm 5G radio in it. Um, also, I didn't mention a price. Uh, that's because they haven't announced a price for it. It will suffice to say it'll be expensive. It'll be more expensive than the regular S10s. And it's not going to be available even in that Verizon exclusive until the second half of 2019. So this is very much just Samsung putting a stake in the ground and saying, yes, we're going to do a 5G version of the mm-hmm. S10. It's going to be a different model and it's going to come later. And it's that also means fundamentally it's not a mainstream product because it's not their mainstream product. It's this <laughs> weird kind of tangential product for 2019 maybe 2020 all the s10s have have uh, or the s11s will have uh 5g but for 2019 it's it's just over there it's like on a on a pedestal off by itself so yeah it's weird um i want to talk so i want to talk about the galaxy s10e but first i think steven is very excited about Bixby, because uh, thank goodness, thank goodness, (laughs) Stephen is like, thank goodness the Bixby button is still there so that I can talk to Bixby, the one of the many assistants that's on my phone. (laughs) Uh, No, so uh, since, uh, Flo, you may know, I don't know off the top of my head, when the Bixby button first showed up. Was it was it the S eight? Maybe it's been yeah. around for a while. Mm-hmm. It's been around it's, for two gens thus uh, far. Samsung's should we call it lackluster voice assistant? Uh, we'll go. I'll go. It, it's it's actually not. I, I just want to I want to put it out there that it's not lackluster. Uh, and I, I just want to give a slight bit of credit because I do know hmm. that Bixby is capable of doing things. The problem <laughs> is that it's no. I <laughs> I swear that was faint uh, praise, but yes, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> It's it's just not as uh, well advertised as the Google Assistant. And so, and I'm just using those two as comparison because they're both in the same canon, again, Android canon. It, it's just slightly different. You use Bixby to control things versus ask it things, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. It's like, I always felt like uh, in an Apple, uh, when, when Apple announced Siri shortcuts, 
uh, last year, I was like, mm. oh, that's like Bixby. Like, that's like Bixby yes. within, but within Siri. Whereas this is like, nope, there's the one, ask the one guy <laughs> for this stuff and the other one for this other stuff. Um, exactly. But, but they did make a change now where that dedicated Bixby button, if you're not into the Bixby lifestyle, you can make it do something else, right? Yeah. Which is, it's you know, b- it's big cool. of them. Yeah. How nice. Uh, like, this is great. Now I get to just fire up WhatsApp, right? When I press a button. <laughs> great. Yeah. Or whatever, you know. So, Stephen, you know, you're, you're, you're excited. You're, you're ready. You're going to kick big speed to the curb. I like that it shows that they listened to what their customers wanted. And like, this is something, I mean, every, I feel like every review of the S8 and the S9, like, this always comes up and people, to Flo's point, maybe rag on Bixby more than they should. But clearly this is something that the user base wanted or at least a vocal part of the user base wanted. So Samsung answered it. You know, there was actually a, a point in time where there were like some third-party apps that tried to do this. And then I think they quit working and there was, you know, sort of a little controversy around that. But but now at the S10, you can remap it to basically anything you want. So, you know, if, you, if you're really into, you know, whatever – you know, I really got to get to Slack quickly. Just put a Slack button on the side of your phone. <laughs> sure. I can't think of anything worse to do with that button no. than to launch Slack. Take but it if away. You to, <laughs> yeah. Sand it down and just put some tape over it. And you'll... I just, I don't, I would like fewer buttons on the phones, please. I like the way the pixel works. I like the squeeze mechanism. I know everybody's not a fan of it, but there's got to be another way than just having this many buttons on a phone. Mm. Easy to push the yeah. wrong one. It, it is. We should talk yeah. about. Let's talk about the S10e. So this is yes, this is. Um, you make a phone for eight ninety nine and nine ninety nine. You're going to get a lot of criticism that like people don't want to spend that much money. This is the this is the mirror image of the story that we talk about when we talk about the iPhone. It's the same thing. And last year, Apple came out with the uh, iPhone XR uh, as an attempt to get something that was under their other premium phones in terms of price. And Samsung definitely doing that here with the Galaxy S10e. It is a smaller phone than uh, than the uh, the regular S10 and the S10 Plus. It's five point eight inches, but it's starts at 799 so it's 100 down from the base model s10 um still got the snapdragon 855 processor in it but less ram and storage uh this one puts the fingerprint reader on the on the power button instead of embedded in the screen and uh, there's some other things that no third uh, rear camera or depth sensor on the front but uh what's your take on this one is this you know a lot of people looked at apple's rollout last fall and said i think they're going to sell more uh iphone 10rs than the than the top of the line and that's proven to be true, mm-hmm. according to Apple. Uh, is is there a chance that the S10e becomes the big hit of the phones announced yesterday instead of the S10 and S10 Plus? I wonder how the E is going to resonate with consumers, I have to say, because E can stand for economical, can stand for efficiency, but I think this is supposed to stand for essentials. So just like all the essentials in the Samsung phone. And by the way, this one, this phone was, it boy, it was the perfect size. I just loved holding it. It was light. It was airy. It was just, it was free of all the, of all the jargon that comes with like, you know, a brand spanking new phone. Like I just really, I really liked the aura of this phone, I have to say. Uh, and I, and I mean that honestly, because I feel like Samsung for the last couple of years has been like flagship phone, woo, woo, woo. Like look at all these like fancy things. And this one is just like, it is just as fancy. It can do all the great things that you know a Samsung phone can do, but but it's also just 
it's kind of a, uh, it's a little more humility to it. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little more <laughs> humble of a phone yeah. because it's not it's not the the top of the line. Look at me, I'm so awesome. It doesn't need, but it, it is top of the line though. But because it, is, it has right? like the latest processor. It has a ton of RAM in it. It has enough storage. It has. It has the same main camera as the other GS10s. Like this is just, this is just another option for you, and it's smaller. And I think the small thing is really important to keep in mind here because this S10 and the S10 Plus, they go 6.1 inch screen and 6.4 inch screen. And granted, those screens don't necessarily match the chassis size, but it does mean that the body is getting bigger as you go up in price. And as the body gets bigger, it gets just a tiny bit wider and more wider it gets, the more your palms are stretching out to cradle it, right? This one, I did not have that sense of like, oh boy, I need to cradle this thing. It was just very easily grippable. It was light. It felt it felt so much like the Pixel 3. I really did. I really did enjoy handling this one. I don't know. Something we've learned from the uh, from the Apple side, and I think that there's a real truth in it, which is people are kind of exhausted about the... There are always going to be people who want to spend money and get the cutting edge phone, mm-hmm. but I think there are people who are... They're tired of spending $1,000 for a phone. They don't see I, yeah. that it's necessary. And then you throw in the people who are also tired of the endless march toward huge phones. And there are definitely people who are like, you know, I don't need the biggest phone. In fact, it's uncomfortable. I'd like something a little bit smaller. And, and now what Apple did is not... They have their SE, which they discontinued, uh, but and the 10R is actually a large phone. It's just not uh, not as large as the 10s Max. Um, but with Samsung here, they're doing both at once, which is this is their this is their not really lower end, right? But smaller and a little more uh, restrained, maybe. Um, I think there's absolutely a market for this. I guess the question on the Android side is, if you're not buying the awesome top-of-the-line Samsung, um, do you have other options that are even cheaper and, and, and give you more choice? And I don't know. I mean, there's definitely more options on Android than there are on, on the iPhone side where there's only the Apple models. But I don't know. I look at this and I, I, I'm inclined to like it because it is um, more affordable and smaller and yet still is going to be the modern processor and, and plenty of RAM, like you said. I mean, right now, it's going for $800 out of the gate, but I bet you by the time Mother's Day rolls around, this thing is going to be 200 bucks off. So, if uh, some, see? you know what I mean? Like I, And I know Verizon in particular, they, I know my carrier, and well, Verizon is red, and so of course, for all of the love holidays... <laughs> It's the perfect time to bust <laughs> out the clearance uh, card. And so I definitely think I definitely I feel like I'm going to see a lot of these on BART on public transit. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll see. I will be fascinated to see how the S10e does versus the S10 and S10+. Mm-hmm. Plus. All right. We have more. There is more. There is the phone that everybody's talking about that is weird and different and new and we're going to get to that after our second sponsor so let me tell you about it this episode of download is brought to you by butcher box the folks who deliver thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door you can enjoy healthy grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken heritage breed pork plus butcher box meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics hormones or fatty fillers here's how it works 
Here's how it works. Each butcher box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from five different box types, including a custom box, where you choose exactly how much you need, what you and your family will love. That's what I get. I get the custom box. I pick and choose. We don't have pork in our house, so I choose that, and I get beef, and I get I got ground beef, and I got steak, and I got chicken. I got, I got chicken thighs and party wings, and it just came the other day. Giant box full of dry ice to keep it cold, hard frozen, toss it into the freezer, and it's there accessible. And I have one of those sous vide machines. So that's super easy to thaw. If you here's a pro tip, you put the sous vide machine on the lowest setting so it's not it's not heating the water at all. It's just circulating it. Will thaw frozen meat in a flash. And then it's also great for cooking it later, which I also do. And later today, I'm going to take a tri-tip from ButcherBox and I'm going to cook it with my sous vide cooker. I'm looking forward to that. The meat from ButcherBox frozen at the peak of freshness. They're in individual vacuum packed. That's good for the sous vide cooker. Biodegradable packaging shipped for free with that dry ice so it'll stay frozen long after it reaches your doorstep. Hard frozen. You can think of ButcherBox as your neighborhood butcher. Quality beef, chicken and pork delivered right to your door with the option to choose how often you get delivery so you can calibrate it for the amount of meat that you use in your house. And there are recipes, of course, on the ButcherBox website and videos on a ButcherBox YouTube channel. And ButcherBox has a great deal for download listeners. Two free filet mignons, free bacon, and $20 off your first box. What a deal. Go to ButcherBox.com slash download and enter code download. That's ButcherBox.com slash download and code download for two free filet mignons, free bacon, and $20 off your first box. What a deal. Over $50 in value available for a limited time. Thank you to ButcherBox for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. I say it the exact same way, Jason. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it isn't it great when uh you've got three people who read ads on podcasts together? Yes. I I read along with we the ads on on, uh, on other podcasts I listen to. Okay, before we get mm-hmm. to the Samsung Galaxy Fold, I want to tell you the story you might have missed. This is something that we think might have flown under your radar, but it's worth a look. We'll put the link in the show notes. It is a an amusing story on the verge. Basically, the idea here is that uh for a long time, courts in settling court cases have had to analyze written communication from people and try to interpret what it means. They sent this email, they sent a text message, they wrote this in a, in, a, in a letter and sent it to somebody. But what's happening now, and you may have already guessed what I'm going to say, is that emoji are now part of the court process of trying to determine the intent of a person. And courts are not particularly prepared to handle it. They cite an example of a court case where a man sent text to a woman saying, teamwork, make the dream work with high heels and a money bag emoji, uh, suggesting perhaps that uh, he was a pimp and that she was a prostitute. But it could mean other things because uh, emoji, what do they mean? And of course, different platforms show different emoji art. That's emoji fragmentation. And just people have different definitions for it. Um, I I think this is a really fun story because it points out how technology impacts areas of our society that we might not have uh, thought about. At the same time, I do think you could overstate this because the fact is we can't agree on what words mean, right? Right. Like (laughs) emoji are not... I mean, it's the same problem, which is nobody can really agree. And one lawyer will, you know, the defense attorney will interpret uh, the phrasing very different than uh, the prosecution, whether or not emoji are involved, I think. It's still fun, though. It's exactly why I like the story, too. It's one of those things that 
I haven't really thought about, oh, of course emoji end up in legal cases because they're they're just everywhere. <laughs> How right? do they they're go in the like, court documents? Like, are the court documents that look like they came from a typewriter even po- even capable of representing emoji characters? I don't think so. Hmm, do they have to good, call them by, like, question. their Emojipedia name? <laughs> if you're out there listening and you know the answer to that, oh. I really, really want to know. Like, <laughs> I, I'd imagine they have to describe them and not actually show them, right? Because you're not going to ha- just throw a throw the poop emoji into a court filing, right? They just put a link to Emojipedia right in the court record. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Pr- pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Well, that made me laugh. That's a good. That's a good one. Thank you, Stephen. Pop that in that link in there. That's good. We like I to stay I on the wrote- emoji beat. I think I wrote that article for Emojipedia, by the way, about how emojis are not are behind on Android phones. <laughs> Just FYI, nice. if you happen to see my byline there. All right. Excellent. <laughs> we like, yes, all the emoji news all the time. Uh, that'll be our next podcast. Uh, so get Samsung Galaxy Fold, I, I, I can't believe we restrained ourselves until now. The folding phone is here from Samsung. It's going to cost 2000 bucks. It's a 4.6-inch <laughs> phone, very tall, that folds out into a 7.2-inch tablet. You can run three apps at once, once in tablet mode. The display is seamless. Once it's open, it is a continuous display. It looks very nice. It's like a little, little, uh, m- little mini tablet, basically. Uh, it's got six cameras. That it's gonna, there's going to be an LTE version. There's going to be a 5G version. Of course there is. And uh, they say it's going to be available at the end of April. Flow, what do you think about this thing? So it's worth noting that this was actually the first thing that they yeah. introduced to us. They they started out the keynote with this. They had a like fun little... They had a whole show around it, right? And the audience is not all journalists. It's not all media. It's a lot of partners, quote unquote, is what they're called, you know, people that Samsung works with. Uh, They invited a lot of people. And so when this appeared, there was just so much cheering in the little Bill Graham, which is not very little. And I kind of thought about that. And so then I posted it to Instagram. And boy, I got a lot of feedback from just my friends and my fam, like my cousins about the foldable phone. People are really excited about this. I think this is actually innovative. I think Mm -hmm. this is, I don't think that the fold is exactly the way that it, we're going to see it manifest. I don't think that this is like the end all be, excuse me, the end all be all way that this is that we're going to have folding phones. But I do think that this is a start, and um, and I I would trust Samsung to do it because they are a display company, and you want a display company to do this for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the kinks have been worked out. Who knows? This phone was not on display. The only time anybody saw this phone was if you were lucky enough to be sitting near DJ Co when he had it in his hand on stage. I could barely see it from where I was sitting. Or oh, and also the guy who was showing off the demo of how it was folding how he folded it out into a tablet. So those are the only actual demos that anybody saw in person live and they all happen on stage. And so it's hard to tell what these phones are really like. And thus, it's kind of hard to justify the 1980 price tag, which, by the way, <laughs> when that was announced, the whole place booed. Yeah, that was amazing watching the Bill Graham the- booed. Yeah. yeah, that's not what you want in your press event. 
You know, my big question with this device is, is I always come back to like the software story and mm-hmm. talking about how they're going to do some multitasking on this where you can run three apps and a continuity mode. So if you're looking at something on the front screen and then you open it up, it like expands that content into a larger, more tablet-like view, which all sounds fantastic. And Samsung has the power to do this because they do so many things to Android. But uh, I think that's got to be pretty good out of the gate for this to be taken, you know, as seriously as possible. Again, they're not going to sell many of them at two grand, but if the software is super janky, it's really going to hurt their case that this is a potential version of the future. I'm actually more concerned about the hardware than I am the software because Android, so Google responded to this folding phone trend that apparently happened and Android will have support for this now so that you're not, uh, you're not stuck as a developer, right? When you're developing for, for phones and you know that there's foldable phones out there, which is great. And I think that it's nice that there's a bit of synergy there uh, in the Android world. Hmm. However, the thing that I'm concerned about, and somebody had brought this up to me yesterday, is the actual foldable part of the display. How how accurate, how much can that withstand the physical part of folding Right. Close. How many folds can it take before it starts to have yeah. a seam or break apart or look weird or anything like Like remember like plastic, I don't know if you remember when Okay, Trapper Keepers, right? They were very popular in the 90s, like those cool plastic binders with a, with a whole design. But when you would get halfway through the school year, the binders would start to break because they were made of plastic and, <laughs> you know, they were wearing down. And I'm kind of envisioning a similar thing, not necessarily that they, it would break, but the, the colors in that particular crease. I worry what that would do, like, would that degrade the quality of the screen right. in that in that crease? I wonder basically. about dust and and dirt as well yeah. rubbing against you know the places in that in that screen where they where it pushes together. Um, maybe not right at the crease because it probably won't there, but there's going to mm-hmm. be points of contact when you close it. Um, so I wonder about that too. Uh, this is why you know. This is why this is a product that costs two thousand dollars and will be of interest yeah. to people who want to be on the cutting edge. But you know, yeah. but it's you know, it's not going to be something. What's exciting about this product is that we've heard about this for so long, and it's actually reached the product stage. But it is. I was watching um, Twitter this morning. Michael Gartenberg, the mobile, the you know, longtime mobile analyst and former Apple employee, he was saying that that uh, this is you know this is phase zero. It might even be phase minus one. But like, but mm-hmm. this is gonna probably happen right and what's fascinating is to see like how does it work how does it survive what do people want out of it because this is a when it's folded the galaxy fold is a thick very tall it's almost like a remote control or something shape it's like really tall and thick um and then you open it up and it and it's this nice 7.2 inch tablet so uh with a separate screen by the way the phone screen is not the screen that you that unfolds which is also kind of an interesting uh choice that they made i don't know but i'm excited about like just the idea that this is a new thing and this might be the future of displays like obviously this technology is going to get better assuming people want it and i don't know why they why they wouldn't if they can deal with 
you know, the issues of, of thickness and, and cost and all of those things. Because, I mean, it's hard not to look at it and say, I can't believe that product exists, right? Like, let's shake off our, our, our cynicism for a moment. Like, the moment where they flip open a phone and there's a whole big tablet inside, it's amazing. It really is legitimately amazing. I mean, anecdotally, I can tell you, my Instagram folks were really excited. Uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be an interesting... You know what? Good for Samsung <laughs> for being the first one out of the gate for this. Good for them. They can they can claim this. They can they can have they could start the ball rolling down the hill, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm really curious to see how it's going again to evolve and to manifest and I, you know, we reach peak smartphone in the candy bar shape, mm-hmm. so it's it's about time. It's about time. Yeah, and it's something it's something that uh, will eventually have to be accepted by consumers, right? And that's go- that's when they're going to learn a lot. Like Samsung and everybody else is yeah. going to start once they put this thing on sale. They at that moment the clock starts and they will start understanding like what people want and don't want and what they reject. And that's a whole process that it's actually kind of fun to watch. It's less fun if you're a company that makes a product that that the market yes. completely rejects and like nope, don't want that. But uh, as observers of the tech industry, it's fascinating because the the market does kind of win out and you find out that like consumers want this and they don't want that and we don't know which one they want until we try and the tech industry will try with the full thing very yeah i'm very curious to see what the outcome of this is going to be i'm very curious to see how it's going to exist in just sort of the mainstream world and i i really want to pick people's brains about this and and kind of figure out where it's going uh you know this is this is why we get excited about technology is for these reasons. And I I kind of feel like this is the kind of device that would really benefit uh, a person who who really does have their phone as their only main communication device. And I would love to see this go cheaper. I would love to see this be cheaper in the future. And somehow it'd be nice to have like some efficient processor to help it with the multitasking capabilities to help bring down the price so that, again, a person who could really benefit from the two-in-one would be able to afford it. Mm, Right. Doesn't, you know... Yeah, because right now Switch. you could just, other than the fact that it's both in one and you can keep it in your pocket, you would be better off just buying a smartphone and a tablet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Exactly. Pay- or a smartphone and a Chromebook. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Whatever you want. Yeah. Two products are available for the price of this one. Um, uh, we have a, a grab bag here uh, of, of other stuff that they announced. Galaxy Watch Active and Galaxy Fit, the Galaxy Buds, wireless earbuds, and uh, Galaxy Home speaker with Bixby is shipping in April. Uh, any any thoughts about any of those? No mention on the last Galaxy Home. In fact, that is l- the first I'm hearing of it just because I was... They didn't announce it at the keynote or anything. Uh, or maybe they did and I missed it because I was in a tunnel vision. Uh, the Galaxy Watch Active, they did not have the Galaxy Fit on display, but they did have the Watch Active. I tried it on. Super comfortable. It is one of the most comfortable watches I have ever put on from the get-go. I love, I love, love, love the band. And I was thinking last night that maybe I might have a Samsung watch because Wear OS has been kind of meh. I've been really meh about it and I haven't really been into the fashion watches because they're really clunky and heavy and they're just like covered and, and they're so expensive and it's like, no, I I want something functional, you know, not necessarily for aesthetics. And uh, so I tried it on. I wore it around. They were 
they were really free. They allowed us to be free with the products as long as we like stayed in the area, which was kind of nice. Very comfortable. The Galaxy Buds they handed out as the uh, the take home mm. the take home product for attendees. So I actually have them in my hand right now, and I I paired them last night with my Pixel, and I'm going to be wearing them for the next couple of days and just checking out what this life is all about. Uh, I've never worn AirPods, for instance. Like I've never worn buds in my ear without some sort of cord around my neck, so to speak. Uh, without some sort of cord attached, whether they be Bluetooth or wired. And so this is going to be a new experience for me. And these have a uh, Bixby built into them. And so I, I don't know. Well, I, I'll let you know in a couple, <laughs> right. ask me in a couple days about the buds. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wireless, wireless earbuds are really nice. I was, I was a yes. skeptic too. And, uh, and then I, I got the AirPods and I was like, I don't like earpods and I don't like wireless. Yeah. And, uh, it is really nice to like go around in your kitchen and not have a cord uh, snag you somewhere and rip the the buds out of your ears or vacuum. Oh, vacuuming with a cord is so hard. <laughs> as a as a slight tangent to this, but I don't think it's any secret that uh, there have been some struggles around Wear OS itself. I think with Google and they've tried some things. And uh, what do you think this means for Google itself and its work in this area? I th- I mean I think it'll continue. It's what happens to Wear OS is completely unrelated to Samsung and this because they use two different operating systems. Samsung has its own his right. own thing going on for its watches. Uh with Android I'm just not I I feel like it's just becoming a um you know how in the beginning Android was just an operating system that everybody was grabbing and doing their own thing with? Mm-hmm. And I see some of that with Wear OS, except it has a little more framework because where Google has evolved now, they really want they really want it to match across the board. And I just, you know, and then now they have what did they bought the fossil uh little fossil group, the right. fossil tech group. And so I just see it I just see it evolving to be more fashionistic. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It, I, I can't talk. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's good to have Google's ha- ha- having someone in a similar ecosystem pushing them. Right. Um, yeah. I, I'm just curious if you had any thoughts around that. Cause it's, it's, it's interesting to me that Samsung does do their own thing and, and this looks like a great product and I think it will do well for them. Uh, but it, it is outside of what you know other manufacturers may do too. It's it just, is a it's slightly it is a slightly better product. I'm just going to say that uh, from my own experience, the mm-hmm. software is a lot more friendly. I don't really like the n- new mechanisms of Wear OS so much, even though they're kind of simpler. I like that the Samsung watches do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. I, and they even they even have their own like app deals, so you can like you can order an Uber if you need it or whatever. Um, and I, I think I'm going to try wearing one. I think I'm going to try wearing a Samsung Galaxy Watch. The band was so comfortable. I, I mean, it. I was just wow. I was wowed by the band. You so. seem so apologetic about I, uh, wearing a Samsung yeah. watch. Just- because, because I was a little frustrated in the beginning. You know, all these manufacturers, they've been making watches for big wrists. They have not really been making watches for people like me. And now it's and now all of a sudden it's like, ooh, like Google wants to make fashion watches, but it's like fashion watches aren't for everybody. And so 
don't know. Hmm. Well, lots of stuff to try yeah. in the ensuing weeks or months or maybe, you know, who knows when for the the Galaxy S10 5G. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, before we go, by the way, fuzzy puppy update time. I don't feel like we need one because I, I think this was all very interesting and exciting and we didn't cover mm-hmm. like social media companies doing terrible things. So <laughs> it, I'm, I'm feeling positive and less depressed, but I'm going to do one anyway, uh, just because, and this uh, comes from our, our dear friend, uh, listener, Andy, who suggested a story, uh, from a YouTube channel called positive, about oh a bunch of orphaned puppies who were taken in. A lady found a, there was a guy with like a box. These are these do, these puppies were running around my backyard, and these are all the ones that I caught. And can you you know you're a I know you foster animals. Can you take them in? And she took them in, um, and they were super scared and skittish and upset. And you know they uh, so she she takes them in the house and also out in the backyard. She uh, also has a uh, a tortoise that she rescued, a giant tortoise called Goliath. Good name. And the video is amazing because these little puppies, she says, unlike any of the hundred plus puppies that she's fostered, these puppies love the tortoise. They go in the tortoise's shelter. There is a picture of a giant tortoise filling a shelter. And then like in the little cracks, there are puppies. And uh, there also it shows the tortoise wandering around very slowly in the backyard and the puppies zip around him, stand on his shell, uh, lick him on the face and the neck. And um, and in a, a, a little bit of a, hey, wait a minute moment, uh, they, they share, quote unquote, share his uh, his zucchini or cucumber or whatever it is, by which I mean he takes a bite of it and then the puppies take it and drag it away. Because <laughs> what are you going to do, chase us? You're a very slow tortoise. Anyway, it is super adorable. Puppies and their buddy, the giant tortoise. Uh, highly recommend the video. And uh, and yay, yay for friendly animals and uh, and uh, puppies and tortoises getting along. And that is your yay. fuzzy puppy update. Uh, Florence Ion, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find all of your stuff that you do? I'm all over the internet right now, but the best place to find me is FlorenceIon.com. Contact info. You can have links to the podcast when they post. And uh, and on Twitter, oh, that flow where I will post where I'm writing and, you know, when things go up. Very nice. And people should check out material right here on Relay FM, where Absolutely. you and Andy talk all about uh, Android, but that's not the name of the show. It's material. Uh, that's yes. a totally different show. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and that uh, brings us to the end of this edition of Download. Co-host Stephen Hackett, hello and goodbye. Hello and goodbye, Jason. <laughs> and thanks to everybody out there. Hello and goodbye to all of you out there, too. We will be back next week, and until then, we will keep watching the headlines so you don't have to. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>